The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Today we're going to talk about receiving love. That's something we all want, right? My guest is Stefan Gonick. Stefan has been with us before, but let me tell you a little bit about him. I call him our love coach. Stefan's expertise is not only as an EFT practitioner, but as someone who really knows how to help people find the love they want, and he can lead you in the process from going from single to soulmate. For over 20 years, Stefan has helped smart, loving people attract the spine-tingling and lasting love they've always longed for, even when they thought it wasn't possible for them. Today, he's going to help us understand some of the blocks we have to opening our hearts to receiving one of life's greatest gifts. Welcome, Stefan. Hey, Linda. So nice to have you back with us. I've been looking forward to uh, our conversation today. Yeah, it's so good to be back. I really enjoy our interviews. Thank you. You know, and if we jump into this, you know, we think about it, at least most of us think about, well, of course I want to receive love. I love love. It's good to be loved. But it's not that easy for for many of us, correct? Yeah, you know, it's you're right. I think most of us think that love is just this wonderful thing, and they may even be experienced themselves as like longing to be loved. You know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's, that's the most important thing in the world to me is I want to love and be loved, and and you know, that's that's what I'm shooting for. And yet, the situation, unfortunately, is that to some degree, you know, this is not a black or white thing necessarily, but to some degree, it's hard for almost everybody to fully receive love. So it's it's not such a simple thing, you know, no, no matter, even though love is this wonderful thing, I mean, when you think about it, love is, seems great, but it's it's hard for most of us. And one of the ways you can tell that is, you know, if we kind of broaden the definition of love to just receiving positive feelings from other people, which mm-hmm. could inc- ultimately include, include love, but it could be things like compliments, appreciation, um, liking, and love, right? Just anything good feelings from other people. It starts to quickly be obvious how hard this is for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, mo- the simplest example is just, you know, getting complimented. You know, somebody mm-hmm. gives us a compliment, and, you know, you would think that that would just feel good, but for most of us, we immediately feel awkward, you know, right. and you see some people who look like a, a judo expert, like deflecting, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Like that compliment. That's right. 
Uh, so they'll argue with it. They'll take exception to, with it, to it. Uh, or, it. or they'll just kind of get mechanical about it and they'll just sort of, you know, sort of numb out and just say, well, thank you very much. You know, those, mm-hmm. they've learned to how to handle it better and, and just saying thank you. But right. what's really happening is it's not coming in. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not having this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. It's like, oh, wow, you know, that felt really great to get that compliment. Right. Uh, it's like they don't get the, the positive energy. They don't get to sort of bask in that even for a moment. That's right. They can't really take it in. Or some people, it's a, a mixed thing. Like they can sort of partly take it in and partly not. And they're very aware that there's this sort of mixed experience that they're having. There's some discomfort even as they're taking some of the compliment or good feelings in. Um, a, a more dramatic example of this was I used to run a, a therapy group that was a, a relationally oriented therapy group. And because I know that this is hard for people to receive love and other good feelings, I had as a part of this group that we would always end every week with what I call an appreciation circle where we'd all kind of sit in the middle of the room and everybody would simply take a turn saying, I'd like some appreciations. That's all they had to say. And then everybody else in the group would take a turn saying something they appreciate about that person just to Mm -hmm. give them an opportunity to, you know, take in some good feelings. And when I announced that, I look at the time and I say, oh, we got 15 minutes left. Okay, it's time for appreciation circle. You know, there would always be a few people in the group who would loudly groan and go, oh, God, appreciation circle. I hate appreciation circle. <laughs> and it was just so confusing on the surface. Like, well, why would somebody hate hearing appreciations, hearing things that people liked about them and appreciated right. about them? Right. Right. Now, of course, the people who most paint loudly and strongly said how much they hated the appreciation circle were actually the ones who needed the most. Absolutely. The yeah. Who, yeah. So, and that starts to give you a clue as to, you know, why this is difficult for people. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to tell you, I had an interesting experience this past weekend, um, some might say coincidentally as we prepared for our show today, but others might say, you know, sort of a, a divine intervention. I was at a, a spiritual retreat, and one of the exercises that we did was about giving and receiving love. And it demonstrated so clearly uh, a number of the points that you're making in that uh, we, we were in two groups, and it was a silent retreat, so we didn't talk. And the one group was receivers, one group were givers, and the receivers had to close their eyes. So they didn't know who was going to come up and give them love. And so obviously it was without words. So, you know, you could hug someone or you could stroke their hand or whatever it may be. And I, and I think that we all got to see the full range of experiences, and especially after we processed it later, uh, that people have, like if they were terrified or if they were, you know, uh, anxious or if they enjoyed it or the people who wanted to maybe run away and like, well, I'm going to go hide in my room till this exercise is over with. Right. And it's so demonstrated so clearly so many of the points that you're making about, especially about the receiving. Sometimes there were problems with giving too, but really to be able to just be and and receive that beautiful energy of love. And one of the things that struck me was how very tender people were. And, and I, I thought, like you know, if... Expression if, of love? 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. very gentle and very tender, which, of course, is love. Sure. And it, it was really amazing experience to, to work, walk through. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we did see some of those issues you're, you're bringing up. So can, can we go into a little bit more about what makes it difficult to receive love? Sure. Now, just I want to, I'd like to point out from what you just described how uh-huh. it's often the case that it's easier to give love than to receive it. Yes. Right, which is what you, it sounds like you experienced that this exercise, that there's a lot of yes. people who seem very able to, to really be loving uh-huh. and tender and warm and things like that. And then all, all the receivers were then having the challenge of receiving that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's a common experience. And it's a sad thing. Uh, one of the things I'd like to mention real quick before we get into why it's so hard for people is to also help just understand what's lost by having a hard time receiving love. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, in some ways it's obvious because if you can't receive love, then you're missing out on the receiving of the love, right? You're missing out on the, the warm nourishment of receiving that love or other good feelings, right? right. So you're, missing, you're missing that. So, mm-hmm. and, that's, and that's a sad thing and it's a shame. But there's another part that people often don't think of, a couple of other parts actually. One other part is that the giver misses out on the pleasure of being received. Mm-hmm. I think yes. we've all had this experience where we, going back to this like, simple compliment thing, where we gave somebody a compliment or said, or said something a little stronger, an appreciation even, and we could tell the other person wasn't receiving it. Mm-hmm. And that's disappointing. It feels incomplete. Like, you know, right. it's kind of like I'm giving you this gift and the gift didn't, didn't even make it to the address. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a right. contract somewhere. Right. And that feels, uh, that's a disappointment. So the other person is missing out as well, the giver. And we often forget that. Yes. And then longer term, you know, in our relationships, if we're having a hard time receiving love, the end result is feeling disconnected and distant and, and isolated in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not uncommon. You can have two people who love each other a lot. If they're not able to receive each other's love, they can end up feeling kind of lonely and isolated in the relationship, even though there's mm-hmm. love there. Right. And I love what you said about, you know, you use the term warm nourishment. And yeah. that's so profound. And, and the experience of that in a relationship is, I think, essential. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, what, is, what makes it difficult to receive love? So, I've really distilled this down to two main causes. And the two main causes are <clears throat> negative beliefs about ourselves that make us feel not worthy of receiving the love that's being offered, mm-hmm. the love, the compliments, the appreciation, whatever the positive feelings or energy is, that deep down we don't feel like we deserve it. We're not worthy of it due mm-hmm. to various beliefs. Sometimes the belief is as straight as that. <laughs> I'm just I'm not mm-hmm. worthy of being loved, right? I'm not lovable. Um, or it could be other beliefs that kind of are similar-ish that still make it hard to receive. Um, so we can get into more detail about what these negative beliefs can be and where they come from. But if we, have, if we have those kind of negative beliefs and somebody tries to offer us a compliment, appreciation, or love, and we don't feel deserving of it or worthy of it, then it's just not going to go in. It's like, well, like I don't really deserve this. It blocks the channel, so to speak. 
Right. Uh, the door the door is not open, right? The door to our heart is just not open because we don't feel like we deserve to receive this thing, mm-hmm. right? So, and then we can't, or it's hard to, to do it very much. Uh, the other kind of general cause is not feeling safe to receive the love. Okay, so that... Uh, there are experiences that we have growing up that are pain, painful uh, experiences with our primary caregivers or other people in our lives. It could be actually our parents or primary caregivers or it could be teachers or classmates in school or something like that. But there are painful experiences that we have that teach us that closeness is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. find ourselves in this kind of split situation of longing for closeness on the one hand and then, which causes us to try and seek it out. And on the other hand, it feels dangerous to be close, so we don't let ourselves get that close. Right? It's like, I want mm-hmm. it, but I, I, I'm afraid to get too close. So we kind of maintain a certain degree of distance. Mm-hmm. And receiving love, you know, to receive love, basically, we, our heart has to be open to receive right. it. Right? So these are two ways that our heart isn't open. Either because we don't feel like we deserve it, so our heart's not open. Or if it feels dangerous to be close, then our heart's not going to be open. And then it's going to, again, it's going to be hard to receive love at least partially, if not fully. Mm-hmm. So one of the and things that people can do, I, I imagine we're about to go on a break. Yes, we are. <laughs> so think about somebody who you know loves you. It could be a good friend. It could be a romantic partner. It could be a family member. And imagine them expressing their love to you in any way. And then just notice what percentage you're, you feel like you're able to receive it. Because, like I say, it's not an all-or-nothing thing. It's not like it's zero. I mean, some people might actually be zero in a given moment. But just check it out for yourself during the break. What percentage do you feel like you're able to receive that person's love? Great idea. And as you said, we are going to a break. And on our way there, we're going to hear a little bit of Al Green's Love and Happiness. And we'll be by, right back with my guest, Stefan Gonnett. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are learning today about how to receive love. And my guest is Stefan Gonick, who's teaching us about receiving love. And uh, we're starting with understanding maybe what some of the blocks are and how to tell if you, if you are open. So can we um, pick up where we left off with that, Stefan, about, you know, the blocks uh, that people may have? Sure. Now, I wish there was a way to interact with people to find out what percentages they came up with if they did do the exercise during the break. Well, if um, there's somebody who wants to call in, it's li- there's a link on the um, on the website they could see that. So okay. in case anybody is looking at that and, and wants to call in and tell us, um, you know, what their what their percentage is, that's fine too. All right, cool. That would actually that'd be great. So while we're waiting to see if anybody calls in, uh, what I'll mention is is typical kind of numbers I get when I do this live with people. So lots of times I will get numbers that can be very low, could be like 5 or 10%. Uh, mm-hmm. I can also get numbers like 20%. Typically, the best I usually get is 40 to 50%. Wow. Uh, it's rare that somebody's higher than that. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it will. I mean, there's always one or two that are, that are high because, you know, it depends on your background, when, what experiences you had growing up. Mm-hmm. But uh, the majority of people are generally below 50%. Uh, when I did this exercise as I was first working on this, I, my numbers were really low. So this is something I had to really work on for myself. And it can vary from moment to moment depending on how you're feeling. So, you know, sometimes when my wife is being loving to me, I can take it in a lot. Sometimes I can take it in some. Sometimes it's not at all. <laughs> it's like... And, and do you communicate that? Do you, do you say something? Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll mm-hmm. tell her, you know, the having a bit of a hard time taking in. And sometimes I re- in that situation, I'll even request that she says it again or say some more things. Mm-hmm. I says, you know, I really want to be able to take in, you know, you just said something really nice to me. I really want to be able to take it in. I want to take you in, really. Right. And she's very glad when I do that because she, mm-hmm. it feels good to her when I receive her better. Right, so, and it, it, I think it, my guess is that it would allow that heart space to open more. That's right. right. So it helps our connection when I can do that and when she can do that. So let's go into a little more detail about, you know, how we get these negative beliefs or, you know, closeness feeling dangerous and stuff. So what happens is, let's start with the negative beliefs. What happens is, is that when parents act certain ways with us, uh, there's sort of an implied message that goes with the behavior. So I'll give you an example. If a parent is distant, and a lot of us, unfortunately, grew up with one or the other or both parents being kind of emotionally distant, often as the father. When a parent is distant, all children take their parents' behavior personally, all young children take their behavior, parents' behavior personally and think it's because of them rather than the parent. Exactly. It's just how little young kids think, right? Of so course. if a parent is emotionally distant, then the kid takes this personally and they think that, well, I must not be very important, right? I'm not, I don't seem to be mm-hmm. you know, very important to my father. 
You know, maybe the, the, my dad's paper or the TV is more important than I am. And that, that kind of cascades to a series of negative beliefs of, if I'm not important, then maybe I'm not very lovable. I'm maybe not worthy of my dad's attention or my mom's mm-hmm. attention. And ultimately, they develop this belief that I'm not worthy of love. So a distant parent can cause that kind of thing easily. Uh, another kind of behavior is if a parent is critical or judgmental. Because criticism and judgment has the energy of rejection to it. If a parent is being critical or judgmental of us, you know, the, the criticism is saying, this particular piece of you is not okay with me. And little kids' uh, brains generalize from their experiences. That's how they learn how the world works. So if this little piece of me is not okay, the part that's being criticized or judged, after, if that happens a number of times, and after a while, I start to not feel all that okay in general. Like, I'm not that okay. And if I'm not okay, <clears throat> then again, maybe I'm not very worthy of praise or compliments or appreciations or even love. Yeah, uh, can I ask that, you to say, I want to make sure I understood that. Sure. Can I ask you to say it again? Was it? Did you say that critical and judgmental attitudes carry the energy of rejection? That's right. Okay. So when a parent is being critical and or judgmental, criticism and judgment carries the energy of rejection. Anger does too. So if, an anger, mm-hmm. if a parent's yelling at us, right? Right. That again has the energy of rejection because the energy of criticism and anger is you're not okay with me. In this moment, mm-hmm. you are not okay with me. In the case of criticism and judgment, this, this thing I'm talking about that I'm criticizing or judging, this piece of you is not okay. When a parent is angry at us and is yelling at us, then it's more general. Like, you're not okay with me right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the parents will even include words to that effect. Like, what's the matter with you? Right. That kind of stuff. And, you know, the question is really a statement. There's something the matter with you. So if this kind of thing happens throughout our childhood, then we start believing that, yeah, there's something the matter with me. There's something wrong with me. Yeah, I'm not okay. At least to some degree, right? It's not black and white, not all or nothing. So to, to whatever extent I feel like, you know, there's something wrong with me, I'm not okay, I'm not worthy of my parents' attention, I'm not worthy of their love, things like that, as an adult, I will now have a hard time receiving positive energy. If there's mm-hmm. something matter with me, and if you say something nice about me, then it just doesn't compute, right? right. It, we no, can that's a good way of putting it. It doesn't yeah. compute. We can only take in what matches our belief about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if I think I'm stupid, and somebody tells me, wow, you're brilliant, it's like, man, it doesn't compute, right? It doesn't match. Right. So I cannot take it in. I cannot receive it. So if we have experiences like that growing up that cause us to form these negative beliefs about ourselves, distant parent, critical parent, angry parent, unfortunately those are pretty common things, then, yeah, we're going to tend to, you know, conclude that there's something wrong with us, that we're not that good, we're not not really very okay, and therefore not deserving of receiving good things in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And it'll make it hard to receive love. Mm -hmm and right. compliments and appreciation, things like that. Now, moving on to the other category, safety. When parents and or other people in our life at a young age, you know, anywhere from zero to about eight years old, do things that are painful to us, it teaches us that closest is not safe. Right. So an angry parent who you know, yells and screams at us, that makes closest not feel safe because we feel like at any time I could be yelled and screamed at. If it's even worse, we get hit. You know, that's just that much more unsafe. 
mm-hmm. you know, all the way to abuse, right? So if somebody right. has some kind of traumatic abuse, and of course, relationships and closeness feel very unsafe. Um, criticism and judgment, depending on how painful it is, can again lead to a feeling of unsafety. Uh, abandonment very much leads to a feeling of unsafety. Um, sometimes, you know, if you're at school and you feel ridiculed by your classmates, that can cause you to feel like closeness is not safe. Right. You know, any kind of really painful thing, if either it's traumatic enough, it just needs to happen once, or if it's a painful thing to happen many times, that's not traumatic, but just hurts, it's painful, but it happens like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any of these kind of things can cause us to feel like, you know, closeness is, is not safe. Because right. I'm afraid one of these bad things can happen to me at any time. And if I'm afraid something painful can happen at any time, I'm going to keep my guard up. And to protect myself, of course. Mm-hmm. But if I keep my guard up to protect myself, that guard protects me from good things as well. Right? Because if mm-hmm. my guard's up, my heart is not open, and I, and I need my heart to be open to receive love and other good things. You know, when you were talking about all those experiences, and, and maybe it's because, you know, I'm a therapist as well, uh, uh, it just struck me as how very common a lot of those experiences are that people have with their parents. That's right. And yeah. and that's unfortunate, and it's sad, but it's so true, and I found myself thinking, well, it's a miracle any of us can really receive love. Which is also why most of us have trouble with it, right, right. to some degree. You know, there's a rare exception. I'd say maybe 5%, at the very most, 10% of people can receive love quite easily and fully. Mm -hmm. I would say at least 90% of us have some difficulty, and you can can tell just by that little exercise we did over the break, which is, you know, imagine receiving somebody's love, or you can even do it in person. You go to a loved one or a close friend and say, could you tell me you love me or tell me something you really like about me or appreciate about me? And just right then and there, see how much you can take it in on a percentage Mm -hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any phone messages, but I have a couple of texts about 10% and 12%. Okay, 10% 12%, right. That's common. That's very, very common. You know, I think the first time I ever did the exercise for me was 5%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 10, 12, very common. Mm-hmm. 20, maybe. So, so um, really very, very people have to, have to start with recognizing where, where they're at with that process and then what are some of those beliefs that they might have, those limiting and negative beliefs? That's a starting place, correct? Correct. So, again, you can take that same exercise, and after you figure out the percentage, see what comes up for you. What's making it hard to receive the love? Is it because of negative beliefs, like I don't deserve it in some way? Or does it not feel safe? Does it feel dangerous to take in love? Right. So and, see if you can get in touch with this for you. I have to tell you, um, I had a a fun experience the other day. I was talking to someone about your upcoming program, which we'll be able to to go into detail a little bit later, I hope. And I said, well, you know, he he helps you understand your negative beliefs about receiving love. And she said, oh, I don't think I have too many of those, except for maybe the one that – there's no one out there for me. <laughs> she said, is that one? I said, yes, that's exactly right. There's no one out there for me. It's definitely a negative belief. That's right. That's the thing is that sometimes we're not aware of the beliefs. They're kind of subconscious. And mm-hmm. sometimes we need help just even getting in touch with them. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. 
my guess is that she has, you know, there's reasons why she thinks there's nobody out there for her, and there's going to be, you know, kind of a whole set of negative beliefs that, that are associated with that. So... I would think so. I mean, and and it's interesting because if you knew her, she is the most loving and joyful person. And so, you know, when you see that and then you can hear just that little bit of a negative belief, it it just strikes me as so, uh, so sad. Well, that's, it's often the case when we think about other people, friends that we have, loved ones, and we think about their struggles, it's, we, it's, it seems so strange to us. He's like, but that person's so wonderful. They're so great. They're so loving. They're so deserving. And from our perspective, right? But unfortunately for them, they're the ones who aren't feeling so deserving themselves. And then for us, uh-huh. either. Right? We yes, don't feel so yeah. deserving. Like, all my friends so are So true. Yes. And we are getting ready to take another quick break here. Once again, we'll listen to a little bit of Al Green's Love and Happiness. And we'll be right back with our love coach, Stefan Gonick. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are visiting today with Stefan Gonick, who is helping us understand how to receive love. And um, I have one question, as maybe it's somewhat a, a, as an aside, Stefan, but as we talk about this, and, and you know, one of the things that I saw when we were doing the exercise that I mentioned earlier is that sometimes people become quite tearful and really cry when receiving love. And um, why does that happen? Sure. So this is something that really confuses people a lot because sometimes when they start to take in love, all of a sudden they'll have a strong urge to cry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what they'll do is as they feel the urge to cry come up, 
They don't want to cry, so they'll just block it out, and then that'll become another, you know, uh, another way, reason that it becomes difficult to receive the love, because they feel these tears coming. They don't want to feel the tears. They don't want to cry. So they'll just shut everything down and block everything out. Whereas some people, they, they really will feel the love, and then they'll just burst out crying, and, they, and it's confusing and, and upsetting even that they're crying, and, and again, they might kind of shut it down because like, they don't want to be crying, and they, mm-hmm. some people don't like crying, things like that. So what could cause somebody to cry when they're receiving love? What's this, how do we explain this confusing experience? So here's what it is. As I said before, in order to receive love, we have to open our heart. If our heart is, is protected or closed down, we can't receive love at all. But when we open our heart, we open our heart to everything. And one of the things, you know, we, we talked about these early experiences of either, you know, having experiences that caused us to form these beliefs that were not lovable, or these other experiences that were painful that caused us to feel like love is unsafe. And we all tend to have uh, a lot of stored up hurt and sadness and grief around those early experiences that were never released. You know, we all tend to kind of shut down our feelings to try and cope with them. So what happens is that as we, for whatever reason, sometimes we have this sort of little mini breakthrough. We're able to really receive love because either we're in a workshop that just helped us facilitate that or we were with somebody that we really trust and, and we were able to let our guard down for a moment. And so we, in that moment, we, our heart really opens wide and we take in the love, but what also happens is that all of the old pain associated with not being loved before or being hurt before starts to come up, and that's where the crying is coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing to understand is that this is healing crying. This mm-hmm. is a releasing of that old pain. Like, like receiving this love is a healing experience that's addressing that old pain, and crying, in this case, is actually a releasing of that old pain. Mm-hmm. So... I highly, highly encourage people in that situation to recognize that, oh, this is actually a really good thing. And, that this, and, I, and I encourage people to go with the crying and don't fight it, don't resist it, and just flow with it. And what you'll discover is that if you don't fight it or resist it and you just let yourself cry it out and keep receiving the love and keep crying it out, at the end of it, you're going to feel amazingly better. Mm-hmm. Like it's a real wonderful healing experience. It says that it confuses and even frightens people at times, and so they try and shut it all down. Like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I crying? Ah. And then they kind of shut it all down. It's, it's always interesting to me how many of us are afraid to cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it, crying, it's such a powerful experience. It's a, well, what makes pain, crying painful for people is actually not the crying itself, but the fighting the crying, the resisting the crying. That is actually mm-hmm. what we experience as pain. And mm-hmm. when people surrender to it and just go with it, uh, crying actually feels good. Mm-hmm. Because of that release? Yeah. It's a wonderful release, and, and you get relief at the end of it. You come to, if you really let yourself just go with the crying and just cry until it feels done in a natural way, at the end of it, we feel a sense of peace. We feel mm-hmm. a feeling of relief, uh, release and relief and, and peace. And, and of course, that's you, where we want to be. <laughs> which is where we want to be, exactly. And if you do that, uh, your heart will be that much more open to receiving love more. Mm-hmm. And again, in the future. It's a right. very healing experience that confuses the heck out of people. <laughs> you know? so I often, in my therapy group, would see it, and the people would be getting all confused and all flustered. 
like, whoa, wait, what's going on? Why am I crying? Whoa. And they started to shut it down. And I would just you know, explain what was going on and say, this is you releasing a lot of old pain about not being loved or being hurt. <laughs> and it's a wonderful healing experience if you just let yourself go with it. And, and so it sounds like for most of us on the path to receiving love, we have a lot of healing to do. Yeah. So there, there and, is a lot of healing because, you know, we all come from childhoods, you know. Yes, we, we do. All, we come from parents who did the best they could, but they were wounded themselves from their childhoods. You know, it's mm-hmm. a generation to generation thing. Um, you know, the one good news is that there tends to be an upward trend. You know, we tend mm-hmm. not to hurt our kids as much as we were hurt, mm-hmm. which is why society as a whole tends to progress you know, uh, forward in a good way. But it's a part of the human condition. They, you know, our parents have their issues, which they live out with us, um, which hurts us, you know, along with whatever love we got too, right? It's a mixed bag usually. Right. And that, that results in us having issues. It's just part of the human condition. It is but the good indeed. news is that we can, we can heal this stuff. Yes. So, so how, how can we heal it? What's your advice? How can we heal it? Uh, well, my, you know, I've tried many things over the years. You know, I've been doing this for decades, both personally since I was in college. I started, you know, my own healing path, and I'm 59 now, so it's been decades, mm-hmm. uh, as well as all the training I got originally in, in more traditional methods, and then finally I landed on, you know, EFT or the emotional freedom technique, which is an incredible tool for releasing negative emotions quickly and gently. So mm-hmm. it's a... It's a technique I use in working with all my clients and also in my, you know, recorded programs and group programs and everything else. Is we use EFT because it, it helps heal all this, you know, this old pain I was talking about that comes up when we receive love. We can go to the source of that and, and clear it all out, mm-hmm. and which then allows us to open our hearts wide to receive love. It removes any blocks we have in the way of. Uh, finding love, or if we're already in a relationship, it helps us clear out all of these repetitive dynamics that we always get into as couples that mm-hmm. cause so much damage to our relationship. It helps us heal the source of them because the source of them is never our partner. Even if it seems right. like our partner, it's not really our partner. It's really our, our two childhood woundings coming together and interacting. Right, and that's so important, I think, for, for people to really hear that it's not the source is not our partner. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it can awfully seem like it. We can, <laughs> I'll say that. Yes. I'll get all <laughs> flustered like, but, but, but my, I know my partner. Look, let me give you an example of what my partner does to me. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay. But if you look <laughs> at it more deeply, what we see is we actually see two uh, triggered issues from childhood escalating mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's like we're, we're, we're triggering each other from our childhoods. And that's the, the true source of the painful interaction that we're having. Exactly. And amazingly, if even just one of the two people in the relationship address their childhood wounds that are causing their own triggers, then they stop being triggered by their partner's behavior so much. And that, mm-hmm. that alone greatly reduces the intensity and the drama, the painful drama in the relationship. Right. And they both do it even better, of course. But even if just one person does it, it has a hugely positive impact on the relationship. Right, right. And I know I know you have a, a program that you can systematically lead people through a process where they can heal. So um, can you tell us about that? Well, at, at my website at singletosoulmate.me, single so it's .me, not .com, 
uh, people can go there and, and learn about it. I'll, I'll try and say a bit now, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, if you go to that website, one of the things that I offer there is a, a free mini course I call The Three Secrets to Attracting Amazing Love. Now, so you can sign up for that and get it free. It's, it's, um, it goes into uh, the three key blocks to finding love. Now, the thing, even though it's oriented towards people who are single looking for a partner, you know, that's why my site's called single me. but it turns out that all the same, these three, same three blocks that interfere with finding love to begin with also come up when you're in a relationship. So lots mm-hmm. of times when people participate in my programs, I'd say about 20, 20 to 25% of my participants are actually in a relationship, either a serious one or, or married or something like that, because it's, it's really the same stuff. Um, so if you're single or in a relationship, I would highly encourage you to go to singletosome.me and sign up for that free mini course, and you're going to find really valuable stuff there. It's, this is not a fluffy mini course like a lot of things that are really It is fun. not a fluffy mini course. It <laughs> yeah. is definitely not. And your real course is very deep and very intensive and very profound, I think. Yeah, so there's a, a course that I have right now called the Single to Soulmate Breakthrough Program that's available today. You know, it's a, a downloadable you know audio program that has many processes and, and healing tapping sessions to uncover and address the emotional blocks to um, to finding love, to receiving love, and you know what comes up in a relationship. And uh, I'm very excited th- that I have a program that I've been working on for over a year that I call my Soulmate Attraction Intensive that mm-hmm. I'll be announcing at the beginning of April. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't. You cannot find out about it yet because I'm still setting up the announcement process. But if you sign up for the free mini course, then at the beginning of April, uh, you'll be on my list and you'll get the announcement about this big new program. Can you just give us a little hint about what it's like? A <laughs> uh, a it's a very in-depth, uh, four-and-a-half-month-long program. It's the biggest offering I've ever offered. Uh, my, my current product... The breakthrough, you know, the single to soulmate breakthrough program is a six-week program uh, that people find tremendously helpful and can really help them take them a, a good, big step towards clearing all their blocks. For some people, it's a sufficiently big step, and and they and they have they find their soulmate just from having done that. Um, but people sometimes need more than a six-week program, and so I mm-hmm. created this this really big four and a half month program. It involves a combination of one-on-one sessions with me as well as uh, group, uh, live group processes and, and, uh, and group calls as well as a community aspect of the program in Facebook. And um, it's, it's a, that's why I call it the intensive, so Soulmate Attraction Intensive. It's, it's an intensive program with a ton of support on various levels and I'm very excited about it. Uh, I will be able to you know, announce it with all the details spelled out in great detail uh, at the beginning of April. And, and um, as you do that, if you send me the information, I'll be happy to put it on my show's Facebook page, Dr. Linda Sanicola, and that way people who are looking for it can find it there as well. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Okay, great. Yeah, sounds pretty exciting. It, yes. Like I said, I've been working on this for over a year, so I'm extremely excited about what we're going to be doing together. You know, as as an 
aside, I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but one of the things that, you know, I've, I've recommended your program to many people. And one of the things that I like for people to have the experience of, especially women who maybe have experienced men as being harsh, critical, judgmental, not very nice. And it's common for women to say, gee, aren't there any nice men or aren't there any good men? And I think that in your program, women have the chance to hear you working with other women and talking to them. And you carry such a gentleness and empathy in that, that I think it's really powerful for many, many women. So thank you for that. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I, I like for them to have that experience. And we are getting ready to take another break, and we'll be right back with my guest, Stefan Gonick, our soulmate mentor. Be right back. I'll be good to you, and we'll be together to see each other walk away with victory. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are visiting today with our single-to-soulmate expert and EFT expert, Stefan Gonick, who is helping us understand how to receive love. And, um, you know, Stefan, I want to make sure I, I take a moment to thank you for your time and your wisdom today. And uh, I appreciate your sharing it with us. Well, thank you very much, Linda. It's, it's a great pleasure for me to be here. I enjoy it very much, and I always learn a lot from our conversations. So once again, can you tell people um, how to find you and, and what they can do then to get started working on these issues right away? Sure. 
So my website uh, is single to soulmate, and it's actually the number two, single number two soulmate dot me, not dot com, but dot me. And so you can learn more about you know me and what I do, and get that free mini course. Um, so what can we do to start trying to help ourselves be more open to receiving love now? So there's two kinds of things we can do. One is to do some healing work around those two categories of childhood experiences I described, right? So the, the kinds of experiences that, that caused us to conclude that we weren't very lovable, that there was something wrong with us. You know, we, we can do healing work there. Uh, you know, of course, I recommend EFT, but, you know, whatever healing methods you use, they're all helpful. It's just a matter of how fast they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and also painful experiences, the ones that made us feel like relationships were dangerous or closeness was dangerous. Do healing work there, again. And I, I think they do need to work with a practitioner on those things. It's and usually because it's, it's you know these are kind of our deepest things, you know, mm-hmm. our, our young memories and our deepest uh, painful experiences. So it does tend to be hard to do on our own. Um, but having said that, there's a lot of people who use EFT successfully on their own, and you know I think that's that's really great. It's one of the cool things about EFT. Or you can do a combination of both. Like, for instance, people will do my breakthrough program. It's a recorded program, and they'll supplement it by working with a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another way to go. And then the other category of thing that you can do is kind of build up our love muscles in a way. Oh. And, and that is simply to practice receiving love, right? I mean, you know mm-hmm. that there's going to be some resistance to it because of all the factors we've been talking about. But the more you practice it and just sort of try and stretch into it. So one of the things you can do, if you're in a relationship or have a really close friend that you can do this with, a really cool exercise is to trade appreciations every time you get together. And you can make it like the first thing you do when you get together. And uh, a lot of people are open to this and they find this a really cool thing because both people get benefits. And that is they take turns giving each other three appreciations appreciations at a time, and when you're the, rec- and the you know, you do all three as a, as a giver, and then you do all three as a receiver, but when you're the receiver, you do it slowly, and you have the person say one, just one of them at a, at, to start, and then you try and take that in as deeply as you can, and if you're not taking in very much, then you say, could you say that one again, and you try again, and just, you can have them repeat the first one a few times until you feel like you've kind of gotten as far as you can get with that. And then you move on to the next one. And you just practice taking in more deeply mm-hmm. until it gets easier for you. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is, is self-loving exercises. Uh, one of the things I recommend to most of my clients at some point is a self-appreciation list where you write down all the things that you appreciate about yourself in multiple sittings because usually you can't think of it all in one sitting. So you just write all these down over multiple sittings uh, and then you also add in appreciations from friends and loved ones that you can agree with and add onto your own list. And then periodically, like once a week, you reread your list really, again, trying to take it in. So you read, so you, one by, you read each self-appreciation slowly, one by one, and after, right after you read it, you try and feel that appreciation. So you're just kind of building yourself up to be more open to receiving good things, love, appreciation, things like that. So you can kind of, one way is you're sort of undoing the wounding to make it easier to be, for your heart to be open to receive. And the other way 
you're sort of building yourself up and you're practicing and you're, you're kind of just giving yourself more and more opportunities to receive good energy until it gets easier to do. I like what you said about build up our love muscle. I haven't heard yeah. it quite like that before. So. <laughs> well, it actually is kind of like a muscle, you know, kind of yeah. like when you're working out. Mm-hmm. I call it that. Because I think sometimes these ideas are new to people. And the idea that there can be a block in receiving love is new to people, just like we talked earlier about uh, the difficulties some of us have in receiving compliments. Yeah. You know, they don't always connect that idea to the whole concept of receiving love. And so, you know, it's an easy term to understand within that framework. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I need to build up my love muscle. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I have a, another. This is really an observation, I guess. So yeah, I'd like your thoughts on it. Um, it seems to me that the more we are able to receive love, or the more we are able to open our hearts, um, our ability to experience the energy of the other one I'm going to call maybe the the gentle emotions also expands, like things like joy, gratitude, compassion, kindness, those things. It's like you open to love and those things begin to flow as well. What do you think about that? Um, I totally agree. One of the things that people don't understand lots of times is that you know, we think of certain emotions as being undesirable, like anger, sadness, fear, shame, and things like that. And lots of times people then try and shut those down, right? right? And they sort of suppress them. They don't really want to feel those feelings. But what people don't realize is that our emotions are kind of an all-or-nothing thing, right? So our heart is either open to receiving, to feeling emotions, or it's not. Mm-hmm. So to whatever extent we try and not feel the, quote, negative emotions, it makes it hard to also feel the positive ones. Mm-hmm. And so you start seeing people as they get older, because it, this tends to get worse and worse over time, because it, they start to build up more and more, is they start getting kind of emotionally numb. You mm-hmm. know, so you see people kind of going through life kind of numb to everything. So there's not much, you know, joy and excitement and love and everything. So I think you're absolutely right that as you work on opening to receive love, you know, in order to do that, your heart has to be open. And if you're, right. when your heart's open, you're going to feel all your feelings more, which means that, yes, you will feel more joy, more excitement, more love, um, all those good feelings. Now, you also may feel other feelings more strongly, too, which to me means that life is richer. Mm-hmm. But if there's other feelings that are causing problems... You know, that if you find yourself angry a lot or sad a lot or scared or anxious a lot or shame or any of those other things, we have ways to address them so that rather than suppress them, which then means, again, you go back to not feeling anything, um, you can use something like EFT or other methods mm-hmm. to work them through so that you're releasing them rather than holding them inside. Exactly. And and I'm afraid we're going to have to stop with that comment um and once again Stefan, thank you so much for your wisdom today i appreciate it thank you so much for having me it's my pleasure my pleasure and please join us next week when my guest will be dr carolyn sakai a psychologist who's an expert in the use of tft which predates eft and she's an author we'll be discussing her book overcoming adversity 
And I leave you today with the words of Rumi, be a lamp, a lifeboat, a ladder, help someone's soul heal, walk out of your house like a shepherd. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.